Boker Tov, good morning everybody. We have, we have a great, great year today. We have a great Hatchalah for learning of Tzadok Um Before that, I want to mention some names to please have in mind as we're learning. Yosef Gidon, this is all Rufuah Shlemas, Yosef Gidon, Yaakov, and Pnina, Esther, Batadina, Miriam, Avra, Moshe, Ben Cyril, Yosef, Rafael, Ben Yehudis, Ilat Safnat Bat Saratova, Michal Aviva Bas Yehudis, Ilana Chana Bas Gila Brainla, and Mina Michal Pesa Bas Kela Tzipa, and Yehudis Bat Sara. These are all things that right now need, uh, you know, we should be privileged to, that our learning should be for, in, in, in the Stosavira Fua Shlema, and the name, and this list should get shorter because everyone get, is getting healthier. So, like this. This is, this is intimidating, because it's a very, this is not, Reb Tzadik is not Vortz. It's not like, a, it's not like, oh, you know, like a Hasidic uh, one-liner. We began learning last week that this Tzadik knew everything, everything, and he taught about everything. There's not a subject that he didn't, he didn't touch upon. But, and there's not a subject that he didn't touch upon that didn't have all the Torah in the subject that he was teaching. So it's almost like, what, like what, what could you say about just about anything? He's, he's, he's all-encompassing. And the piece that you have in front of you is from his Sefer, on the, it's a parish on the Parshas and the Moadim and the Holidays called Preet Sadik. And um, I took it, I, I edited it a little bit, just a tad, just so that it could be a bit more approachable. And we need to have a few hagdamot in mind, few, like two, intro, two intros uh, before we go inside. One of them is like this. When we say we're going to be spending a lot of time in davening, hopefully we've been spending a lot of time in davening, but we're going to spend even more time in davening in the next few weeks, a lot of time. And it's great to be reintroduced to Shmona Esrei. Shmona Esrei, the first three brachas, Magen Avram, Chayim Eitim, and Ata Kadosh, is connected Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Also, the three attributes, Hakel, Hagadol, Hagibor, Vehanora, is also Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. So I want you to keep that in mind, okay? So again, Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. I wish maybe you should, if you have a pen, you could even do this as a chart. Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Gadol, Gibor, Nora, Magen Avram, Mechayim Eitim, Ata Kadosh, Kela Kadosh. Okay? That's how the davening is structured. That's how tefillahs are structured. Yefeh. Now, keep that in mind, and I want to throw out something else. And this, you could see how Reb Tzadok was influenced by the Meshilach. And, and the Kotzke Rebbe. Everyone says, "Hakol bidei shamayim, chutz mirat shamayim," and everyone says that chutz mi kotzk ishbitz Reb Tzadok, because according to the line of Reb Tzadok, where he came from, "Hakol bidei shamayim, afilu yirat shamayim." What's the nafkamina? What's the difference between the two? What does that mean? That everything's in the hands of heaven, aside from. Your, your, your Bechira of having fear from, the, from, from Shemaim. 
And according to Reb Tzadok Akon of Lublin, that's true every day of the year besides one day of the year. What day of the year is that really, be'emet, not really the case? That's Rosh Hashanah. Zotomeret like this. In the month of Elul, my working on Yirat Shemaim is my avodah. Hence, Ani Ledodi. It's my work. I'm working on it. What begins to take place on Rosh Hashanah and then spreads out through Yom Kippur and Sukkot? And if, if Ani Ledodi was what was happening during the, this month, that means I'm working so hard on establishing this Yirat Shemaim. What, what begins to happen? It's the flip. Dodi Li. That means Hashem comes down on me. Now, all year long, we explain that it's always dependent on how hard I try, right? Then there are things in life that according to the world of Ishbitz, but he's going to, Reb Tzadok, and he's going to show it, is that regardless of how much I try, there are moments in life that have nothing to do with my avoda. The, the presence of, of the Ribbon Shlonim, the presence of the Shechina, the feeling it, the feeling it, is not dependent on what I did or didn't do. It just comes down. And we're going to see that through Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And we're going to see that in the reference to Rosh Hashanah. So, if, was that too... It wasn't too crazy, right? Said that so far? It's very different than what we normally learn, but this is a very important for today's, for today's learning. So, so far, so good? Do Dodi Li is Hashem saying, uh, oh, my beloved is to me. Like, is that? He, that begins Rosh Hashanah. But the Alter Rebbe says it continues through Yom Kippur and then Sukkot is Ahava, Zman, Simchatein. So really like the flow of Elul Tishrei is Elul is Anile Dodi, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. And then Anile Dodi, Rosh Hashanah starts with Dodi Li. Okay. That's more or less imagery wise how we can understand what's going on over here. But Reb Tzadok is going to show us something something, I think, tangible for Rosh Hashanah. So let's, let's, let's go right inside. And I, I, everything we said right now was the Hagdama over here. B'tfilas Rosh Hashanah v'yom ha-kippurim b'virkas at ha-kadosh omrim uv'chein tein pachdecha. Okay. Now generally, during the year, how long is the bracha of at ha-kadosh? Let's say it in 10 seconds. At ha-kadosh v'shim ha-kadosh v'shim ha-kadosh Depends if you're in a sachari, whatever. Then all the uvechein starts. Then there's like, and the, the deepest feelers in the world. Till you get later, right? That's a long, that's a very long bracha. So in the bracha of Atta Kadosh on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it's 30 times longer than the way we normally say it during the year, every day, like this morning. Atta Kadosh, if you dive into it, was 10 seconds. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, it's five minutes, at least, to really be in it, right? Hopefully longer. Now, within the bracha of Atta Kadosh, now again, whose bracha is Atta Kadosh? Yaakov, that's important. 
Yitzyakov's bracha. Within the bracha of Ata Kadosh, one of the tefillahs we asked for is, Uvechein ten pachdecha. Hashem elokeinu, al kol maasecha. Hashem, please give your pachad on all of your creations. That means there should be reverence, there should be awe, there should be a holy fear before you amongst the whole world. Uvechein ten pachdecha, Hashem elokeinu, al kol maasecha, ve'eimadcha al kol ma'shebarata. It's a beautiful bracha, remember Rosh Hashanah? It's not a, it's a Jewish holiday, whereas that it's brought down in the Torah that this is when Rosh Hashanah is, but it's a, it's a holiday of the creation of the world, of man. We're thinking about everybody. So we say, Uvechein tein pachdecha, Hashem Elokeinu, during that bracha of Atakadosh. We say other things too, like what? What else? Huh? But before that, with the Uvecheins, what else are we davening for? Not just pachad. Right, was, right, Yira and everyone, but another Uvachin, throw out something else. Uvachin Tzadikim Ruvi Yismachu, Uvachin Tain, Kavod Hashem Lamecha, Simcha Laretzecha. There's a lot of things in that bracha. But he's focusing on the question is, why is Pachad brought down by the bracha of Yaakov? And you'll see why that's a question in a second. So again, Betfilas Rosh Hashanah V'yom Kippur, Rebekas Atakadash, Omrim uvechein tein pachdecha. V'hine yadua, it's known. The gimel brachas we show us hem keneged ha-gimel avos. Just like we said before. The first three brachas are against our, our three tatis, our first three, right, the three fathers. Ubergas atakadosh keneged Yaakov avinu alav ha-shalom. That's what that stands for. Ulichora, lefize, haya yoter shayach ha-tfila uvechein tein pachdecha bebirkas Ata Gibor, shu keneged Yitzchak of Minu Alav Hashalom, shemidasal pachad Yitzchak. We know that really, where should have this bracha that speaks about pachad, where would it have been more shayach to be placed? Why Yitzchak? Gvura. Ata Gibor. Also pachad Yitzchak is the stuff we, aneinu pachad Yitzchak aneinu. These are things we speak about during slichot. It seems that the bracha of asking for pachad on the world should have been more shayach to be placed within the second bracha. That makes sense, nachon? Pachad. Yitzchak is gevura. Pachad Yitzchak. So now he's going to begin to answer this. Ha'inyan hu k'yadua degimel ha-to'arim ha-gadol ha-gibor v'hanora hem keneged kedusha sa-gimel avot ha-gadol ha-gibor keneged midat kedula gvura so we know that when it comes to Gadol, why is, why is Gadol, Hakela Gadol, connected to Avram Avinu? Why do you think that? Av Hamon Goyim, he's the father of many nations, and also he was the first one to point out that basically this whole God thing is it's one and it's Gadol. Right? He brought the Gadol in. He brought, the, he brought the G out of the G. He brought the Gadol out of God, if you want to say, right? He, he was the first one to do that, right, in the world. <clears throat> Where was it yesterday? Was it taking the Chavar here? Was it this year? Like Avram Avinu's first, no, the, the men. Listen to this. This is a great, it's a little sidetrack, but it's good. <clears throat> this, uh, Avram Avinu was the first one. We, we, we already, we're already born into a world where there's one, we know there's one God and we're trying to like figure that out, what, what that feels like to us in our own lives. 
But really, we're, we're born into a world where that's already kind of a given. Can you imagine what it was like for Avram Avinu, that first moment where he realized it's just, you know, this one God in the whole world, and he's taking care of everything? Can you imagine what that felt like, that first moment, right? Can you imagine that? Like, think of that, like that first moment that something clicks for you in your life, about that first thing, whatever that is, that first moment of it, what it does to you. So I was sharing with the men, because it's Pasha's Bikurim the Shabbos, and it's the first fruit, like we have to be tuned into beginnings. It's going to be beginnings again. So the Yida Kodesh of Pshischa was very tall. He was like 6'5". The Rebbe of the Rusim Chabonim of Pshischa, the Yida Kodesh. He's massive, and he was buff. He was, he was, he was a gibor, mamash. And he took out, what, one time, 20, 25 Cossacks tried to jump him after coming out of a base medrash. And he took them all down. It's a lot of stories like this about him. He was really a pillar, this, this figure. But the, one of the strange things about him is that he only had one tooth. So they asked him, I don't know who had the chutzpah to, but one of the chavr, one of the, maybe it's chassidim, asked him, why, why do you only have one tooth? So he said, I'll tell you what happened. I wanted so badly to taste for one second what Avram Avinu tasted, what it felt like, that moment of when that, that Kela Gadol was actually one God and his own God. I wanted to feel what he felt, that, one mo- that first moment of that realization that Avram Avinu had in the world. And he said, the moment that that happened, God gave it to me, the moment that it happened, it was such a, powerful, out-of-body experience that my teeth plucked, that my teeth just were plucked out of me. They, they shat, they, they came out of me because I couldn't contain it to stay in this world. So I, but I have one tooth of the zeichen. <laughs> so this, for us, the fact that we, go, we come into a world that Avramovinu, we come into a world where, yeah, there's one God. And we, it's like a given, as if like we act like it's a given. It wasn't a given. For how many years wasn't it a given? For how many generations wasn't it a given? 20. Avram Avinu is the 21st generation, right? After, after 20 generations. Now back then also, how long was a generation? Today, how long is a generation? What do we say today? I'm a, what's a generation today? 20, 30, whatever, right? Back then, what was a generation? Right, so we're saying there, were, there was thousands of years that it wasn't a given that there's one God. Then there's a moment. That's Gadol. Okay? That one God told this one person to slaughter his only son. Ata Gibor. Yitzchak Avinu goes on that Akeda. That's Gibor. Okay? They embody the midot of Gadol and Gibor. But then Reb Tzadok continues here. We're in the second paragraph at the last, the, the last word on the second line. That's Yaakov Avinu Zach. Why? What did Yaakov Avinu say when he woke up from the dream? He wakes up from the dream, when the, remember the stones beneath his head? And he wakes up and he says, ma, wow, nora, ma nora makom 
he's like, wow, what, what, what I realized, I, I didn't know, he says, I didn't realize. I didn't realize how awesome this place is. That's Yaakov Avinu's Midah, Nora. How Nora, Nora, modern Hebrew means terrible. It really means awesome, but in the context of being full of awe. Not, wow, awesome, you know. Full of awe. Now let's understand. Let's try to understand. What's the difference between, the, between how Yaakov, Avram Yitzchak, and Yaakov? What was the difference between their avodah? Avram Avinu, in order to reach the level of Gadol, did he have to work on himself? Yeah. God, did he have to work on himself? Yitzchak Avinu, to bring down the Midah of Gibor, did he have to work on himself? Crazy, would he have to work on himself? For Yaakov Avinu, to bring down the Midah of Nora, did he have to work on himself? No. He got it from a dream. He got it from a dream. He got it from... Kilo, it's not even him. And that's how he refers to himself. That's when he thinks about himself. He always, in comparison to his father and grandfather, he always referred and felt so tiny in light of the embodiment of Midot that his father and grandfather brought down into the world. Perush, third paragraph. K'mo she'amar, like on his deathbed, Yaakovinu says... God, that my fathers really, they were walking before him, right? They really worked so hard, each of them in their own madriga. He was talking about them, he was saying, look how hard they worked. But about himself, Amar, God that shepherds me every second because I can't do anything on my own. I need God every single second in my life to show me what should I do here, what should I do here. Now, do any of us buy that? No, but do, you, do, do we understand that Yaakov Avinu actually believed that? Yes. That's actually what he really felt about himself, that unless God appears and shows him, do this now, do this now, do this now, he's not going to know what to do. This is what he's saying on his deathbed to his children. God who is shepherding me. Right now, till this second. What does Reb Tzadok say? In the third line, Yaakov has nothing from all the hard work that he does. That's what he feels. Only when God decides to put the flashlight on and say, oh, here, walk here. That's the only thing Yaakov really feels that he has in this world. You with me so far? Okay. That's why his midah is the midah of Nora, Yaakov Avinu. Pirush. That this yira and fear and pachad falls on him regardless of how hard he tries or doesn't try, which was basically the result of what happened when he went to sleep that night. That's what he realized. Like Rabbi Tzedek is saying over here is, is very important on so many levels, but he's bringing about the pshat of the psukim. The psukim are basically showing us Yaakov Avinu brings down the midah of Yira, of Nora, not due to his avoda. It's a result that happened to him in a dream. But, when we ask you a question, what do you think is stronger or more everlasting? 
the avoda, the, the, the godly feeling that happens due to your work, or the godly emotion that comes into you due to the moment that God says, eh, sorry, falling on you, no matter what. It's very tricky. Ah, so hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought. Yes. Nachon, nachon, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. No, 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 shepherding. No, no, just. Not yet. No, I mean maybe in another piece, but in this piece, no. In this piece, no. Here, it's clearly just saying. That act of like a shepherd having to tend to his flock every single second, it's amazing how much we live in these modern homes, but then you walk 10 seconds and you see actually shepherds with, it's, it's really crazy, right? Okay, so this is very important. Again, this last line, He doesn't try so hard, but the yira of pachad of Hashem falls on him. It just comes onto him, no matter what. That's very powerful. It's like a, like an Israel Sol Dilatata stays longer, right? You work on yourself, and then, but, but you may never feel it as much as when, boom, you know, like that's a gift. That's why I asked about everlasting, like what lasts? What lasts longer? And he's going he's gonna to bring out something so amazing. Shemidat Yitzchak avinu alav shalom hukmo shenemar, pachad Yitzchak. Now let's go back to the issue we had. It's true. Yitzchak Avinu is known as the Pachad of Yitzchak. But how did, how did Yitzchak Avinu tune into the Pachad? He had to draw and illustrate and visualize in front of himself, God is right here in the room with me, and that brought down the Pachad for him to live in that state of mind of Yira. And then when he sees God is standing here upon me, then the yira and pachad comes immediately. But that's something that Yitzchak had to draw and bring about in front of him to, 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 to have that, that, that sensation that we're speaking about. Didn't come from the hmm? Not according to... The way the Rabbi is saying, in general in life, this is how Yitzchak Avinu brought, was connected to the Midah of Pachad. You know what the word mimeila means? Anyhow, like anyway. Like it, uh, he could draw, he could not draw. It, uh, Yaakov Avinu is tuned into something else. It, it happens anyway. Now, I know that you're going to, uh, no one here is going to want to sound haughty when I, when I ask you the following question. At the risk of sounding haughty, answer me honestly. Did any of you ever experience this moment in your life of Yaakov Avinu? It's, it's a, now, at the risk of sounding haughty, it's actually, for anyone that's really experienced it, it's the most humbling moment because it has nothing to do with you. Hashem decided it to be like this. Boom. It's not you. So it puts you into even a deeper state of yira when you're willing to be honest with yourself. See, some people are like, they say, you know, Miguel, I, I, I've worked hard. So these, these attributes, I could understand how they're starting to work inside of me because I've worked very, very, very hard. I mean, the greatest example we always give is one time, you know, when you have those moments of realizing God trusts me with part of Him. 
by giving me a child, that's a, that's a Midas Ayira Yaakov Avinu moment. Where, when you have those moments, like when you're able to get out of all the different things that children bring out on us, and then realize, God trusts me with part of him. Boom, mic drop. Right? That's, a, that's not Pachad Yitzchak. Pachad Yitzchak is, okay, I have children. Wow, this is like, what, this is an amazing, I really have to get my act together. I need you here. I need you. I can't do this alone. When my child comes home from school and I, I want to just look at them without any expectation or judgment or whatever, just, just pure unconditional love. I need you to be in the room with me to bring that out in me, that Pachad. Right? That you're here, I have to treat them like gentle diamonds. That's Pachad Yitzchak. But then there's these moments of, oh, do you trust me with parts of you? It's, it's not, you understand, it's nothing you did. It's nothing you did, and yet it hits you so powerfully. On a certain level, this is how he's explaining the Gilui of Yaakov Avinu in this world. That's Norah. Now, what are the high holidays called in Hebrew? Yamim Noraim. Yaakov Avinu is really the one that's, that's carrying the whole show here. And we'll, we'll understand in a second why. Look at the next paragraph. Now we go to the Gemara. And what do we know in the Gemara? This is a famous one. That at the end of the day, how do we refer to the holiest place in the world? We don't refer to the holiest place in the world the way that Avram referred to it. We don't refer to it the way Yitzchak referred to it. We refer to it the way that Yaakov Avinu referred to it. Look, Avram, Shekas of Bohar. Avram Avinu looked at the place of the Kodesh, of, of the Makom HaMikdash, and said, Oh, this is a mountain. And not like Yitzchak. Not like field. Ela ke Yaakov. We refer to our home of homes, to God's home of homes, the way the Yaakov Avinu called it. What did he call it? A bait. He refers to it as a home. That's how we end up referring to God's home as Yaakov Avinu referred to it. Pirush. Why, why is it like this? And Zahava, this connects to what you said before. When the Yisarusa deals, and like what you were saying, when the Yisarusa deals, when it's more something that I've stirred up, this Pachat from Hashem, that he puts onto his heart that God is standing upon him, guess what? Just as fast as it came onto you, it could also leave you, because it was your doing. And the Yitzhahara comes every single day, and he messes with a lot of the, your own accomplishments. Things that you've come to, the Yitzhahara says, I'm going to mess with you big time with, the, with those things, and, and start messing with your mind. So the more, so he's saying, basically, those things that I came to on my own, the Yitzhahara is going to come and make it hard for me, therefore, it could also leave me. All that work of drawing up the imagery and everything, it could also leave me. But the moments where it's boom from above, and it's not the duty, you're, you're working on itself. He says these things last forever. Like the impression 
the impression lasts forever and never. You know, it's still a question of what do you do with it, but the impression lasts forever. It's like my mother's Sinai. How could you right? Like it's just on them, like whether you like it or not. They didn't. What did I mean, they do? Originally, they said they said that they wanted, but then once it came, it fell on them. Mamash kaka. That is a kiyum We're still here, sitting, learning Torah because that happened then. These things happen. These they last forever. When Riyakov Avinu said, when he woke up from that dream and he felt something, he said, He calls this place a home. That's what a home is. A home is keva. A home represents permanence. A home represents the place where hopefully you, when you walk in here, it's not like a hotel that you know you're packing up as, as comfortable as that hotel maybe for the night. You know you're leaving the next day. But what we try to do with the home is make it a place of comfort because we know this, is, this alludes to kviyut, to keva. Permanence, and also means fixed. Nikba. It's fixed, it's established in us. Can I add um, there's, a, there's a place in Poland that, um, that sometimes go, and I may be ruining the surprise here by sharing this, but um, you like go in and it's like this old broken down apartment house. And you go up these like rickety old stairs, and when you get to the attic, you see that it was once a Beit Knesset, and um, and and the only thing that's left is like the top of the Aron Kodesh, like there's there's a floor built, you know, there's like floors and apartments, and they divided the whole thing up and everything, but but with the over the Aron Kodesh, it just says Manorahama Komaze. And mm. so it's just like in my oh, mind, like that it's like even though it's not a fake nest anymore, and you know, like groups go there and they dive in, but it's very shaky because you're like standing in an old rickety attic, but you feel like manaraham komazet that it's like it was awesome. once there and it's always there. It's beautiful. So now look at the third to bottom paragraph. Now we're going to tie this all up. We're going to tie it all home. Hopefully not up. We're going to tie it home. The psikta is a midrash. Okay, v'zeshi ita b'psikta l'rosh Hashanah. This is what it brought down the midrash, the rosh Hashanah. Hariu le'elokei Yaakov. When we talk about the shofar, who do we? Who comes into the picture? Yaakov. Hariu le'elokei Yaakov. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, look. Hariu. We blow the shofar. To the God of Yaakov. The Pasuk says, it doesn't say Yitzchak. No, Ariel. I understand the Pasuk, but why not? Okay, he's going to explain. That's, that's why we're here. Okay. Okay. Now, where, 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 where is this from? This is from today's Shir Shalyom, right? So this, 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 this Pasuk from Tehillim is from today's Shir Shalyom. When we blow the shofar, Haril, we say Haril, blow the shofar to the God of Yaakov. We say Haril leloke Yaakov. Lama, Liyakov, Mikola Avot. Why Yaakov more than Avram or Yitzchak? Why do we refer to the blowing of the shofar more for Yaakov than for Avram or for Yitzchak? Kach Shanu Rabotenu. So our, our Rebbe's taught us, Bemida Sha'adam Moded, Modedin Lo, which basically means Hashem, like the Torah of the Baal Shem, to Hashem Tzilcha Yediminecha, like the, what, the way that you act down here is the way that they're going to act with you above as well. Avram kara la Beit HaMikdash Har. Yitzchak karo sadeh. Yaakov kara to platin, pal- paltin, that means like a palace, like the home, right? The palace. So chayecha, that means 
God's like promising, Yaakov, Chayecha Shani, Boneoto, Vekoreoto, Beit Yaakov. I'm going to build this house and it's going to be called Beis Yaakov. Ve'af Asaf, Asaf is the one that, that one of the Meshorim, he's one of the singers in the Beit HaMikdash, right? Natilim, Lam Natseach, Mizmor La'asaf. We have his name come up a lot. Who was he? He was one of the, one of the jammers. He's one of the musicians. You know the place by Hartzion called Marat Asaf? You know where that is? You know where Dasper Yeshiv is? Mm-hmm. You know, right across, there's a, like a little hall. I've done a lot of concerts there. He's do a lot of concerts. No? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't exist anymore? Yeah, I saw you there when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> you were there? You came to one of those? Yeah. <laughs> 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 they met? Uh-huh. You know what I'm No? Not Peter. Not Marat Asaf. Really? I used to go there all the time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> no, in one of my dreams, she came and saw me there. <laughs> so Asaf, Matt, they call it the, the, the cave of Asaf. I don't know if exactly they have any evidence that that's where he was, you know, singing, preparing. But whatever. Asaf, lo in his Mizmar Tehillim, when he, when he talked about the Trua, he only mentions Yaakov. Shneemar hariu lelokei Yaakov. This church of Suuzim Ra, Utnutnof. Kinor Naim in Navel, Tiku Bachod the Shofar, whatever. This is a whole thing about the, the, the Shofar blowing, has to do with Yaakov. Lichora. Mazelata, Mashaskir, Trua, Dafka, Tzel Yaakov. Second to bottom paragraph. Vatam Shayach Rakal, Mashinikra, Beit Eloke Yaakov. So again, why are you sticking to just saying this is about Yaakov Avinu, the blowing of the Shofar? I get the Beis Migdash. That whole thing. I get it. He called it a bait. We call it a bait mikdash and not a zdem mikdash or hara mikdash. I get why the bait is still Yaakov's territory. But when it comes to shofar, why are you now saying, no, this is also Yaakov's territory? Why isn't it? Sorry? Also, people called names around. That's a great, uh, that's another, that's another, it doesn't align here how he built it up, but. It's true. He's the Bechira Avot. We're named after him as well. Okay, so we're in the second line in the bottom, second to bottom paragraph. al Amor. Now here you have to open your hearts. And, and this is the, the essential Hachana for Rosh Hashanah. al Amor. We know that mitzvah tatrua, the mitzvah of the shofar, hu le'orer hayir abalev. The mitzvah of blowing of the shofar is to awaken the yira that's in the heart. This is the Rambam explains this clearly when, when it comes to... It's a famous Rambam where he speaks about why do we blow the shofar in this man. It's like because that blasting of the shofar should give us a zetz. You know, because we're accustomed to it, we hear it every day during Elul, so it doesn't do that same emotion. But imagine you're walking down the street in December. And you, know, so you pass by someone, right, right then and there, would, would, would shake you to your kishkas, right? Shake you to your soul, because that blowing of that sound is supposed to shake you. It's supposed to, it's supposed to arouse the, the, the awe, this in our hearts. That's what it's supposed to do. We see it with babies. No? Like when, when Pesach blows the shofar, my kids, the babies are freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> 
so that yeah, the avoda is that also by adults they, they right, but it's, it's, at that point we don't know yeah, that's okay yeah. and it's filtered, so we have to tune into that. Right. Like, oh wait, it right. should do that to me it's, too. Right. That that is what it should. I mean, we've been hearing it for over forty years, and every time I, I still sh- it's like, whoa, what is that noise? Right. That's what. Yeah. See, Hashem. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like that. Like if, if we blow it in the house, sometimes it looks so I'll say, okay, everyone, we're going to blow the shofar, but really it should be everyone's in their own room. <laughs> I don't tell anybody and I just start blowing shofar. That would have that effect, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But it also, you have to <laughs> stay healthy and hard stuff. And, you know, you have to be careful with these things also, right? But the ikar, vaikar, sheyushar hayira kayam laad. What's more important is not how much, what it does to you at that moment. What's more important is, what, is, what does it do to you after you hear the shofar? Does it stay inside you? Does that sound stay inside you? So I just want to digress. I want to just jump for a second to a Torah in, in Likutei Maran for a second. Rabbi Nachman says that many people suffer from what's called akmimut balev. That means crookedness in the heart. It doesn't mean you're a crook, necessarily. It, it, it just means that the heart... It's just not yashar, it's crooked. And it feels things that could, they could, you could swear this is the MS based on your feelings. It's because it's just, it's crooked. That's also one of the reasons why the Torah tells us, Don't follow that which your heart feels and your eyes see because they can convince you that what you're seeing and feeling is gold, is the best thing in the world. Huh? Why? Because I feel it. Now, what's the one thing that could help us to really get a straightening of the heart? That's the voice of the shofar. The voice of the shofar, he says it about the voice, huh? It's interesting because the shofar has to be bent. I just thought that. Yeah, it's interesting. When I'm saying the sound that comes out of it is supposed to leasher. It's supposed to leasher. It's supposed to straighten whatever akmimut is taking place. That's essentially what it's supposed to be. And then the question is, is there yira that's left in your heart after you hear the shofar? That's what it's supposed to be. Can I just share Please. Uh, you're talking about, I mean, here we're talking about the truah and the shofar and how it's bent and how it's supposed to be a share. The first sound is, is tkiah, the second is sharing, the third truah. Again, if you're in the way of three, I don't know, but Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and, and the tkiah, which is straight and, and um, almost like hailing the... Mm-hmm. You know, it's like almost like you know, calling you to attention, and then the shvarim where you, where you begin to cry, you begin to you know, um, to realize what is happening, and then the truah, which is what we're really focusing on here, which might be aligned with Yaakov, I don't know, but the truah is when you're when you're the most broken, that is the most broken sound, and that only at that point is when you can become truly. Yes, There's a great Torah to to. to I don't want to say take higher what you said because what you said is on its own so great. I guess it compliments it. Who was the most broken of the Avot? Yaakov. How do we know he was the most broken? Like, just I mean, he's got to read a little bit about his life, but there's a Torah from Rebbe Lebele Eger. It's also, he was his best friend. Rebbe Tzadik was his chassid for 28 years, I think we said, or 20 years, and then he was his best friend. And he says that when, when the, the most true moment in Yaakov Avinu's life was when he walked in to get the bracha, that fateful moment when his mother dressed him up and everything, and he brought those, you know, and he beat Esau to the bracha. 
So when he walks in, the Pesach says, the Yitzchak says, Hashem. It smells like Gan Eden in here. What is going on in here? So Reb Leib Leger says, when a, yid heart, when a Yid's heart is so broken over Ratzon Hashem, it's like a cinnamon stick, that when it breaks, that's when its fragrance comes out. Yitzchak smelled that. So it definitely adds up. If we wanted to do Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, Tkia Shvarim Shrua, definitely, Tkia, Kela Gado, yeah, he, this is what he brings out, right? Shvarim, Abba, why are you putting me on a, on a Mizbeach? <laughs> Yitzchak, Trua, oh my God, I got to leave my house, I got to live in exile, I got to fight angels, fight my brother, craziness, my children aren't getting along. That's Trua. So it does very much add up to what you're saying, but only at the end you go back to Tkia, and we know by Yaakov Avinu that at the end of his life, he felt that he was living a complete Tkia. So it's very good what you said. And this is what's left in his heart forever, and that's why it's called a house. A, a house. Bottom paragraph. Now go back to the beginning question. This is the reason why This is why the tefillah over having this type of pachad was placed in the bracha of Yaakov Avinu. Perush, she'ashem itbarach yitena pachad mitzido, she'humidas Yaakov nora elokim, v'yirauch ha'kol ha'masim, v'yushar ha'yir al-la'ad. What does this mean? Why on Rosh and Yom Kippur we're asking for Hashem to give us the mida of pachad not based on our avoda at all. We say to Hashem, as hard as we worked for 30 days, we know that what we need in order to be a lasting imprint in our neshamas cannot and should not be based on my Yisarusa Dilatata, my awakening from below. Because as, as, as beautiful as my avoda in Elul is, hopefully, Bezrat Hashem, it, it, it essentially, ideally, should only bring me to the level where I realize that at the end of the day, or at the beginning of the day, it's dependent on how much you want to reveal yourself upon me right now, Hashem. And this is what Yaakov Avinu brought out into the world. Now, this is a Torah you should probably only learn or say the day before Rosh Hashanah or on Rosh Hashanah. Because what could it do to your avoda in Elul? Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever, <laughs> like, whatever. As far as I try, at the end of the day, basically, that's the game. That's the game. Because you can only come to this realization and dive in over it for real if, if this is just as real. If these 30 days of Ani Ledodi is just as real as the moment Rashem says, Ledodidi, I'm on you. I'm coming down on you. I'm bringing it all on you. I'm sharing it upon you, whether you like it or not. It only happens that way. That's the only way, uh, that, that, that's the only thing, that's the only way that it can, that the tefillah for it uh, can happen. But it is a reason why, why maybe it's important to point out this, that what are you really davening for Rosh Hashanah? What are you really davening on Rosh Hashanah? Like, it's all about the world. The world should be in awe of you. 
הכל בידי שמיים, אפילו יראת שמיים. That everything's in the hands of heaven, even how much יראת שמיים is going to be coming down at this moment. That is the dream of Yaakov. The result of that experience is a bite. Uh, I was thinking about it this week because of one of my girls' homeworks, is that the, what did God give the Mialdot? Batim. Vayas lahem batim. You did that homework too, yeah. <laughs> what did, what, 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 so the Ishbitzer says in, in Shmos, is that what does a bite allude to? Yishabadas. That's what a bite, a bite, like I have a home, like an established setting, calm, settling of the mind. It seems that as hard as our work is, and as intense as it is, um, getting a reward based on how hard I worked feels good. It doesn't necessarily give me Yishuvadat. The Yishuvadat in my life are the moments. Like, these moments of, uh, again, everything we, everything we described until now. So again, Yaakov, so according to Reb Tzadok, how come the bracha of Uvachen Tein Pachdecha isn't by Yitzchak? And why is it by Yaakov? Because the pachad that we're talking about Yitzchak is still an anile dodi. It's, it's me working on the pachad, me establishing uh, you know, the realization of what it means to have God in my life. And God gets tremendous nachas from that as well. But then there's a different world called manorah makomazeh, where the Rebona Shleilam says, you'll never get it, this is just the way I operate. It's amazing. It's like Yaakov Avinu didn't wake up from the dream and say, Hmm, why, why did you have to do that through a dream? Why, can't, why couldn't you have let me reach that on my own? He doesn't ask questions. He just establishes right now, So I give us a brocha, a strong brocha. We should all be blessed to, like Reb Shlomo Karbach once said, you know, sometimes we, we, like, we, we dream our dreams, but it's, it's so much deeper to like, try to be tuned into God's dreams because there's so much less limiting than our dreams. Like, what are our greatest dreams in life? They're very much, they're, they're limited. It's based on what we think would be considered to be a big dream, something big. How many things have happened to us in our life that we, we, we never dared dream because it's too big for our imagination. And those are the things that have the most ashba in our life. It's like amazing. They, but we say in benching, I was, just, I was talking about this with someone, well, with Raviel Rakovsky. It says in benching, that basically the non-Jewish world is going to, they're going to realize how much greater God is before we are. Or what God has done to us, for us. They're going to realize it before we, are, before we realize it. Because it's just going to be the, the appearance of God in this world. Az yomru higdil Hashem la'asotim eile. And then what do we say? Oh, higdil Hashem la'asotim anu einu smechim. That, that, right? It's like, it's what, God is, what God is doing to us, what God wants to do to us, is greater than anything we could imagine. So on Rosh Hashanah, what are we tuned into? Hashem, get me out of my limitations of what it means to be in Yira from you. Get me out of any of my constrictions of what it means that the whole world will be one, and that they'll all come to Yerushalayim. Get me out of my limitations of what I think it'll, it'll take. The rest of the year I have to work on using my imagination and my talents to create the best vehicle through which all these things can happen. 
But on Rosh Hashanah, Zayom Tchilat Masechah, the world is recreated. Also, Rebbe for what I think people need for healing, all year long I have to do my Ishtadlus and everything I have to do. I was looking at the, you know, this list. I have to do everything I need to do. But on, but on Rosh Hashanah, I'm saying, Rebbe Shlomo, you could, that's like you could appear to Yaakov Avinu in a dream and instill such awe. You actually really could do anything. So I'm not even asking you to do anything. I'm just begging you to, to get me out of my cotton. Get me out of my small-mindedness of what I think you're capable of doing and what I think is capable of happening in this world. And that's why Rosh Hashanah is such a day of yira, yamim noraim, because it's, it, it takes a lot of awe to be in this state of a, such a tefillah. Get me out of my limitations of what, who I think my children are and what I think I am to them. Just, just take me out of it. Restarting the whole thing. It's a, it's a restart button. That's how Hashem designed the world. And, and we see it through Shmona Yisrael. That dafka, the bracha of pachad, of being in awe, comes from the more, is connected more to the subconscious appearance of awe, through Yaakov, as opposed to the conscious appearance of awe, which is through Yitzchak. We made it through our first piece of Reb Tzadok HaKoyen of Lublin. This is a different world of Torah. I know it's not as easy than others. Not easy, but it's not as... I don't know what the right word is. It's not like that. Cash Torah. No, no, no. It's work. No, it's... it's well, it's work, but Hashem... It's work, but Hashem is going to decide. Like, I'll give you... I'll just give you to it. You know, I'll give it to you right now. I don't want to put limits on my work and what I could achieve. But it's definitely being in touch with the Tzadik who had the whole Torah, he had the, everything in his hand, on his fingertips, and through these drops that he gives us, we just were, you, do you realize how much Torah we covered in one piece? It's unbelievable. We should be privileged to do this for many more years. Yeah. Yeah.